Hey, what's going on? And welcome to church. And happy Easter. So glad that you guys are with us today. And happy Easter to you. Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. Hey, so excited that you guys are joining us today for Easter. We got a great day in store for us. We're gonna be jumping in with our Orland Park campus for worship. Pastor Tim's got a great Easter message and our creative team has put together some great projects that I'm so excited for you to check out. Yeah, can't wait for that. And hey, also, we would love it if we could get to know you a little bit better. And yes. here's how, if you go to parkviewchurch.info and click on the connect button, that would help us get to know you a little bit more and understand your story and kind of where you're coming from. I love that. The other thing that we would love to do today is we'd love to know where you're watching us from. So would you jump in the chat, let us know, say hey, we'd love to interact with you there. That's right, that's the only way we're gonna find out who the community is that we're watching with. So make sure you jump into the chat just like Nick said. And once again, so excited and grateful that you guys chose to spend your Easter with us here at Parkview. And as we jump into our Orland Park campus, Nick, would you pray for us today? Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to. <clears throat> God, thank you for today and thank you for Easter and what it represents to us. And Lord, because of what Jesus did on the cross and the fact that he rose from the dead, conquering sin and death, Lord, it gives us an opportunity to enter into new life with him, with you. So God, Thank you for that. Help us not to lose sight of that amongst all the hustle and bustle of the holiday. Lord, it's about you. It's about what Jesus did and how he gives us opportunity uh, to have a new life. God, thanks for everyone who's watching, regardless of where they are. Pray that today they'd be able to take a new step in their relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks so much for spending Easter with us here at Parkview. And of course, happy, happy Easter. Easter. Hey Parkview, welcome to Easter. My name is Beth Ballone and I'm the director of Parkview Kids. If you walked in with kids today, you received some special activities for them to go through during service. One of these activities is a coloring sheet from a ministry called Phil's Friends. These coloring sheets are called Cards of Hope and they are meant to be sent to our friends with cancer who are in the hospital. So we would love for you to have kids color these and you can drop them off when you leave service today or mail them to Phil's friends when you're done. You can find more information in your packet about Phil's friends if you have any other questions. Thank you so much for being here with us today and I hope you have a wonderful Easter. I was um, defensive MVP that year. I was uh, newlywed. We were getting ready to have our first child. I had uh, just ne negotiated a, a contract. Um, I mean, I, I should have been riding high, but it was the lowest point of my life. So I had all this stuff in my hands, all this stuff that I had my hands wrapped around and it was wrapped around me, and I went and I looked in the mirror and I asked the Lord, Lord, can you use me? Can you use this man? And the challenge came back for me to have the courage. Do you have the courage to put down your stuff? And if I can do that, then I got a chance to do something very special with my life. Well, hey everyone, happy Easter. So glad that you guys are here. 
Man, Jesus is alive, and we're so thrilled and uh, happy that we get to celebrate Easter with you. I want you to try something with me. It's called the Easter scooch, okay? If you have a seat between you and the family next to you, will you scooch over a little? We got more people coming in. We'd love to give them a chance to fill in and have a seat, all right? Easter scooch. All right, over the next hour, uh, we're going to get a chance to sing some songs together. Uh, We're going to get a chance to hear a message from uh, Tim, our senior pastor. And then we're going to wrap up our time together by taking communion. And I just want you to know that if you believe in Jesus, you're more than welcome to participate in that moment with us. And if this is your first time, my name's Chad. I'm one of the campus pastors here, and we're thrilled to have you. We would love to connect with you and to hear more about your story. And the best way that you can connect with us is by taking the connect card that's right in front of you on the seat back. You can fill that out and drop it off at one of the boxes as you leave today. Or throughout the service, you can go to parkviewchurch.info for all that's taking place and the best way to connect with us that way as well. Now, I'm not sure if you got summer plans. Summer's coming. It's supposed to be like 88 degrees next weekend. Y'all know that? I heard some good news. Okay. Well, maybe you've got stuff already on your calendar, but I want to invite you to put something on your calendar this summer. That's going to be a big deal around here at Parkview, and we know your kids are going to love it, and it's called Summer Jam. Summer Jam is basically our version of Vacation Bible School, if you grew up to go to something like that. And more information can be found on our website, but the reason I share it with you is because we're, uh, we've opened up to join the wait list. So if you want to come, now's your chance to jump on. Summer Jam is going to be June 28th through 30 uh, for all first through fifth graders. So don't miss out on that. And then secondly, you can probably imagine there's an enormous amount of generous people that call Parkview home. And if you're one of those folks who gives to the mission of our church, I just want to say thank you. Every time that you give, you support not only the ministry here in our backyard, but also all around the world in places like the Ukraine and Africa. And so this Easter, we want to continue to partner with our friends and churches in Malawi, Africa, to continue to bring clean water to those who are in need there. Here's a photo of all of the places that we've been able to supply clean water to folks there. And that star is where we want to focus our efforts this year. So on your way out today, you're going to receive a clean water sticker. And can I just encourage you to take that and do something special with it? Find a place where you have access to clean water. Maybe your sink, your refrigerator, maybe your water bottle that you carry around. And just use it as a way to remind yourself to pray for our friends in Malawi and our impact on their clean water. And not only that, can I also invite you to do something else with us today? Would you join in the joy of giving and making a difference with the lives of others by giving? You could do that by taking the envelope that's right in front of you. You can put your gift in there and drop it off at the door. Or you could even give online throughout the service. Or it's even as easy as just texting the word give to 65649. There's a verse in the Bible I want to share with you. It says, what a God that we have. How fortunate we are that we have Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've now been given a new life and everything we have to live for, including our future in heaven. And that future is right now. Let's take a moment and pray together. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for Easter. Thank you for the story that you came into this world and that you did what no one else could do. You conquered death and the grave and you saved us from our sin. And now today we remember and celebrate the risen Christ. Thank you for showing your deep and generous love for us. It's in the name of Jesus we pray and everyone said, amen.
I know, I, I know, I know, I know. You want it to keep going, right? I, I know. It's, uh, but, but that was the whole point. We, w- we wanted you to have the, the feel as we started Easter. We wanted you to have the feel of a beautiful 16-year-old girl named Jenna coming out and asking for a higher love. Didn't she do an amazing job? <laughs> because, because when I was 16, I wasn't thinking about a higher love all that much. You know what I mean? And you probably weren't either, but times have changed. Times are different. Um, have you ever realized, you know, how ironic that song really is? I mean, it, between Steve Winwood and, you know, the Kygo Whitney duet, I'm guessing most of you know the song, but it's a paradox because it's a super fun song, right? 
But the words are like, things look so bad everywhere. Let's dance, right? But that doesn't go together. The point is I need a higher love. Where am I going to find it? I don't know. You look inside your heart. I'll look inside mine. Whatever. I don't think higher love is hiding. It's not an Easter egg. I think that it probably needs to come from someplace, I don't know, higher. That's why we're glad that you're here. I know where to find it. And, and just so you know, Steve Winwood's dad was a pastor, and he, he wrote this song as kind of a hymn. That's, that's kind of the way we wanted to do it this way. Welcome to Easter. It's always ironic when it's tax weekend, right, and, and Easter, because two things are certain, death and taxes. So we're fixing it all this weekend, R-E-F-U-N-D, find out what that means to me. That's what I'm saying. For you Packers fans, that, that spells refund, okay? Um, <laughs> Easter, uh, <laughs> oh, there's a couple. Okay, good. Easter Sunday is also my grandson, George Timothy's fifth birthday. So happy birthday to you, Georgie. He gives me higher love. I, I know that, uh, listen, I know some of you have a hard time believing that death can be defeated. Taxes are one thing, but death, I mean... And so did Jesus' followers, really. I mean, let's just admit it. Even after Jesus had done all these miraculous signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. Jesus had done all kinds of stuff, and they were like, no, not good enough. Because defeating death is one of those things that's hard to believe unless you see it. Here's my favorite Super Bowl commercial of all time. Thank you, Doritos. That's the best 30 seconds of a Super Bowl ever, isn't it? Resurrection really is hard to believe. And yet, in, in the next few weeks, because the Greeks do it next week, in the next few weeks, next few days, billions, billions, literally billions of people will celebrate Easter all around the world. And how is it that something that happened 2,000 years ago could cause us to need police to direct traffic in front of churches today? Well, I'm here to tell you that we believe that it's true. And your Father in heaven wants you to believe it also. Here's how Matthew's version went. At that time, there was a strong earthquake. An angel of the Lord came down from heaven, went to the tomb, and rolled the stone away from the entrance. All my life, I guess I just kind of didn't really think about why the angel had moved the stone. I mean, did he move it for Jesus? That's, that's what I always thought. I just assumed that the angel moved the stone so Jesus could come out. But if you think about it, that's pretty dumb. Did Jesus use so much of his power coming back from the dead that he just didn't have enough left to, you know, move the rock? You know, it was like that one last bench press you can't get up. Hey, can I get a little help here? I don't think so. The text tells us basically that Jesus was already out of the tomb. So listen to what the Bible says the stone was moved for. The angel said to Mary, come and see the place where his body was. The stone was not moved for Jesus the stone was moved for the women and eventually the disciples and eventually for us not so that Jesus could come out but so that we could see in and the reason I want to start Easter a little bit different this year is that before we get too far in I just want you to know that the angels moved the stone for you too 
we want you to know that there actually is a higher love. Probably the best verse to describe it is the most popular one, John 3, 16. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. An empty tomb that provides us everlasting life, everlasting life with our real father who is in heaven. That is your higher love. Praise God, praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, praise Him, for the wonders of His love. Praise Celebrate this great love of Jesus together this morning. Come all you weary, come all you thirsty, come to the well that never runs dry. Drink of the water, come and thirst no more. Jesus calling you and he's calling me. Praise God, praise God, from 
sounds so good this morning. You can take a seat. Oh, I think I can feel you sick, dreaming. Slowly gonna make it. Stand tall, is higher on your taking. Well, welcome everyone. Welcome to you at Homer Glen and New Lenox, Orland Park, uh, online. So glad to have you with us online. We're, we're, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking like John 3:16, whatever. That's okay for you, but he didn't die for me. I mean, I don't deserve it. And that's the beautiful part of this story. I hope you understand that. N- neither did they. I mean, do you think Mary Magdalene, who'd been possessed by demons, felt like she deserved it? Matthew, who has been a tax collector and a thief and a traitor to his people. Peter, who had just denied Jesus three times after he said he wasn't going to. James and John, who had recently been politicking for the best seats in the kingdom. And all of them fell asleep when Jesus needed them the night before to pray with him, right? Jesus' disciples didn't deserve it either. They looked more like the the dollar store fake peeps than they did the real ones. They were a little melty. Don't miss the fact that there really wasn't anyone hanging out with Jesus Holy Week except his mom that any of us would have thought deserved his sacrifice. So let me let you hear from a theologian I I read this week named Bono from a group called U2. You see, at the center of all religions is the idea of karma. You know, what you put out comes back to you, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, or in physics, every action is met by an equal or opposite reaction. It's clear to me that karma is at the very heart of the universe. And yet, along comes this idea called grace to upend all that. Grace defies reason and logic. Grace interrupts the consequences of your actions, which in my case is very good news indeed because I've done a lot of stupid stuff. Really, this is Bono. I'd be in big trouble if karma was going to finally be my judge. I'd be in deep, you know what, there you know it's him. I'm holding out for grace. I'm holding out that Jesus took my sins on the cross because I know who I am and I hope I don't have to depend on my own religiosity. I love the idea that God says, look, you Cretans, there's certain results to the way we are, to selfishness. There's a mortality as a part of your very sinful nature. And let's face it, you're not living a very good life, are you? There are consequences to actions. The point of the death of Christ is that Christ took on the sins of the world so that what we put out does not come back to us. And that our sinful nature does not reap the obvious death. That's the point. It should keep us humble. It's not our good works that get us through the gates of heaven. That's said better than any theologian I've ever read. But the problem is that even if you believe that, you're still only getting part of the picture. Yeah, maybe Jesus died to save me, and it's actually possible that there's a heaven and it's going to be great with the puffy clouds and the harps and the baby angels wearing diapers and all that stuff. But, but I live here now, and I feel like one of those dollar store peeps. And that, I would say, is the big Easter miss, Okay. The miss is that Easter is about after I die, that eternal life starts later. Please just listen to Jesus himself, would you? Okay. I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me 
has crossed over from death to life. What do you gotta do? You gotta hear, okay, you're doing that right now, and believe. What happens if you hear and believe him who sent me? He has eternal life, and he has crossed over from death to life. Any English people in here, what tense is that? That's present tense, right? It's not future tense. Future tense is we'll have eternal life. Maybe we'll someday have, be, be able to cross over from death to life. But the resurrection means this is all available now. If Jesus would have just died on the cross, then that would have been about later. But resurrection means that we can have eternal life now, that we can have higher love now. A psychologist asked 3,000 people this question, what do you have to live for? And 94% of them said they were just merely enduring their lives, hoping someday that things would get better. That's like looking for higher love in someone else's heart. It's not going to work. Samuel Coleridge said, hope without an object cannot live. We need an object to hope in. And that's what Easter is. That's what Easter is all about. Listen to Peter. We have been born again into a life full of hope. How is that possible? Through Christ rising from the dead. Hope comes from resurrection. The New Testament uses the word hope 71 times, and 70 of those times are after the resurrection. Because until the resurrection, it was hard to have hope. Please remember that the, the women are on their way to the tomb to bury Jesus. Okay, if you don't know the story, Jesus died on the cross on Friday, and Sunday they went to the tomb. They went to the tomb to anoint his body. This was like the, the last burial thing that they were going to do, to put spices on his body and say goodbye. So let me ask you this. What, what are you on your way to bury this Easter season? And by that I mean, is there anything in your life you think, this is just hopeless? Maybe for some it's a relationship. You had such high hopes for what could be, and somewhere along the way everything changed. You put a lot of work into it, but it just seems hopeless. Or maybe it's a financial mess you can't imagine ever getting out of. Bills keep piling up, creditors are calling up, and you feel like giving up. You're just buried. Or maybe it's something physical. Maybe it's literally something life-threatening, and the hope of the future is all you've got to hold on to. Or maybe it's something chronic in your life right now, and you're on your way to bury any hope of anything, not, of it not dominating your life from now on. For the women on their way to bury Jesus that morning, it had been three days since he died. Any hope of ever seeing him again was gone. Jesus was dead. It doesn't get any more hopeless than that. So can you imagine how different the disciples' attitude would have been if they would have known about the resurrection? If just one of them was like, wait, 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 guys, wait. They knew what was going to happen. Okay, I just got to tell you, I know the next I know the big movie for next Christmas. I know what it is. I've already seen it, actually. It's already almost done. The director's a friend of mine, and he had some of us over to watch it and give some input as they're finishing up. So next Christmas, when you see this movie, uh, my name won't be on it, but I'm taking credit for it, okay? 
got a couple of the biggest stars in Hollywood. It's funny, it's fantastic, and I guarantee you, you're gonna love it, and that's all I can say without getting him in trouble. And there's one phrase that is going to be made famous by this movie. Next January, we're all gonna be saying this phrase to each other, and I wanna tell you about it right now already because I know the secret. I wanna get a personalized license plate that says the phrase on it so that I can, have the, I can be the guy, you know, that, that gets it, because that's what I wanna do. I, I wanna be able to tell you because it's funny, and plus it's fun to be in on the good news, right? I'd love to go back and I'd love to sit on the rock with the angel and and what would we say in 2022? We'd say, wait for it, right? Wait for it. When they looked up, they saw the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a man dressed in a white robe and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. That's why he moved the rock. But go and tell his disciples he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. I don't know what Easter means to you, but I'm here today to tell you that, that because Jesus is alive, because the resurrection All hopelessness should be gone. Higher love is here, and it's available to you. The road starts on the south side and winds through the burbs until you get to this site that If you've seen it, you never forget. Built in 1858 by the prisoners who were housed here, Joliet Prison housed thousands of inmates before it was decommissioned in 2002. Since then, it's been home to vandals and film crews, right? Like Prison Break, Public Enemies, and of course, the Blues Brothers. In fact, 10 years ago, I spent some time here myself. these grounds, I can literally feel the weight, the history of it all. It's quiet here, but there's one sound that was heard a hundred years ago and is still heard today. And I've heard the sound in movies, but I've never heard it myself. And that sound, wow, I mean, it feels so, so final, so hopeless. This place wasn't a temporary lockup, okay? This was maximum security for many. And it was the end of the line, for many. The conditions were crude. The cells were cramped, and if you stepped out of line, they'd bring out the handcuffs and head straight to solitary confinement. Actually, the place I'm in right now is where if you weren't good enough for solitary confinement, they'd bring you to this solitary confinement. Then again, this area also doubled down as death row. So the floor above me is literally the place where many people were executed over the years. And that's what makes this so interesting. This spot on the floor, it says, it's never too late to mend. 
If that strikes a little memory, it's on a big poster behind the band and jailhouse rock scene in Blues Brothers. Okay, there you go. Had to dig in deep to remember that one. Had to dig in deep to figure out what all this was about. It's Never Too Late to Mend was a very famous book written by Charles Reed in 1856, two years before the prison was opened. And later they made it into a play. Like here's a poster from the play. So it was very well known when this prison was built. And it's the story of a man who was falsely thrown into prison because some rich guy wanted to steal his girlfriend. And the story of a wonderful priest who was the chaplain who worked hard for prison reform and, and helped to make this man realize that it's never too late to mend really made me wonder how the meaning of this got lost over a 150-year history of this place, right? I mean, later on in the 20th century, no one would have known the book or the reference. It was just a silly phrase on the floor, a reminder to heal, to put back together what was torn, to mend. But did anybody believe it? What do you think of when you hear the word mend? No matter what comes to mind, mending comes from putting something back together, right? That, that's what it really is. Something that was joined but is put back together. It wasn't meant to be apart. It was meant to be one. So my question for you is, is there anything, is there anything in your life right now that feels that way? Disconnected, broken. At one point it was joined together and now it is tearing and pulling away. It's the force, the friction, the pressure of the events of life and our decisions that can tear things in two that were meant to be one. And, and maybe that's where you're at today, that wherever the greatest tear in your life is, that it's too late. You look at this on the floor and you're like, come on. And you're right. If it's up to you and me, it's too late for a lot of things. But the interesting thing about this placement is that it's the death row, right? I mean, this is where the end was. So if you were here in this part of the prison, you would say, I'm pretty sure it's too late to mend. I'm not getting out of here. That's why the meaning of this engraving is so important. It was always a spiritual meaning. It was too late for the prisoners who came into this place to go back and make anything right. They couldn't undo what they had done or what had been done to them in the case of the guy who wrote the book. But it's never too late to mend your soul. The mending isn't about you. It's about the one who said, it is finished from the cross. What is finished? The tear in your soul between you and God. It's never too late to mend is about accepting what Jesus did to mend your relationship with God. All of us have some stuff we wish we could mend, and we're reminded of it on a daily basis. Reminders are kind of like handcuffs, right? Part restraint, part symbolic. It, it keeps somebody from breaking loose in jail, I guess, but it's kind of a reminder that you don't have freedom also, right? Not only are you in prison, but you're locked up inside a place you're not meant to escape from. You're not getting out of solitary confinement off of death row without help from some higher love. You can spend your whole life sitting in the dark corner of your prison, waiting out the days in frustration, or you can take the invitation of Jesus. It's never too late. 
Mending is about accepting forgiveness. It's about higher love. That's what the life of Jesus shows us. From the moment he enters the world as a baby at Christmas to the moment he gets to the death on a cross, and that's a waiting room for him. That's like death row for him. That time in between was everything. His entire ministry revolved around the point of it's not too late. It wasn't too late for people who had wasted their life in selfishness. It wasn't too late for the blind or the lame or the sick to see God and be healed. It wasn't too late for the sinners or the Pharisees even to follow him. And even to his very last moments of human life on the cross, what happens? We talked about this at Christmas, but there was a man, the Bible says a man being executed for his crimes. And he said, hey, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, okay. I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Jesus never stopped telling people that it was never too late, never too late to mend. The thief spent his entire life with the tear right down the middle. And when it seemed like there was no way to go back, luckily he was being crucified right next to Jesus who mended him at the very last moment because it's never too late to mend. He couldn't mend what he had broken. He could only ask Jesus to mend him. What's so crazy about it is that the thief and Jesus were both on crosses, right? Do you understand how significant the cross was and how ironic we're talking about it in here? The electric chair that once sat inside this building is long gone. It's in a museum somewhere. But, but here we are in the place where it was, a tool of deadly punishment. Some of you have a reminder of a tool of deadly punishment hanging around your neck, right? It's the cross. But have you thought about it that way? I mean, I know you think I'm pulling out a cross, but what if I had an electric chair symbol that I wore around like this? That'd be kind of weird, wouldn't it? But, but we've glorified the cross. We've made the cross seem so uh, wonderful because we've forgotten what the price was that Jesus had to pay to bring us the mending, to bring us the peace. I'm putting it away because it's just too weird, isn't it? Can you imagine how strange it would be to walk around 2,000 years ago with a cross on your necklace? It would have been like this. And the reason that it's never too late to mend is because Jesus took the punishment that we deserve and traded us the cross for our eternal salvation. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son to save us. That's what the cross really does mean. Charles Colson told about visiting a prison in Brazil that had been turned over to Christians to run it with Christian principles. And, and it was amazing what was going on. But he said, I went in and the walls were decorated with Psalms and Proverbs. And, and I had a guide that was showing me around that was a convicted murderer. And he escorted me to a notorious prison cell that was once used for torture. And he said, today that block houses only a single inmate. As we reached the end of the long corridor, Colson wrote, he said, he paused and he said, are you sure you want to go in? And I said, yes. And so slowly he opened the door to this punishment cell. And inside there was a beautifully carved crucifix carved by the inmates of the prisoner Jesus hanging on a cross. And the guide said, he's doing time for the rest of us. That's why it's never too late to mend. Remember that he loves you. Remember that your life has purpose. Remember that prison is not where you are created to live. Remember that it's never too late. This may be where you feel you're at today, in a prison. But what if you could get out? 
<laughs> I'm going to be honest, I'm getting tired of listening to me preach, but I'm not ever going to get tired of that. That was amazing, wasn't it? Oh, man, good job, creative team. So listen, uh, you know, just the behind the scenes, that was a barber chair necklace, not an electric chair. I, I know you're really weirded out by that, but you know, that wasn't it. And uh, we are, the, the Father's, it was a Father's Day thing 10 years ago. We did the Blues Brothers. We'll post that online uh, this week and let you see it again. If you didn't see it, it was, it was pretty fun. So what if you could get out? Okay, that's the question, right? What if you really could mend? And it's hard, not just because, you know, you see the thing on the floor, it's never too late to mend and you have a hard time believing it, but it's also because of these chains, right? These, these handcuffs, these reminders, part restraint, part reminder. That's what I said, right? And you can look at the floor and go, it's never too late to mend. You can look at the wall and say, it's never too late to mend, but, but you've still got these. And you don't think it's really ever going to work if you've got these. Being in that prison couldn't help but remind me of the Shawshank Redemption, you know, the classic movie. Andy's in prison, wrongly accused of killing his wife. Red's in because he did. And this scene in particular, Andy is talking about the place he'd go if he got out, right? Zawataneo, Mexico. Remember that if you saw it? But Red doesn't think he has any business on the outside. And he's a real downer. And, and the classic line here in this scene is when Andy gets up, he says, well, I guess I'd better get busy living or get busy dying. And that's what I want to say to you. Red was just dying. He had no hope. He didn't think he could mend. But, but here, here is the gospel. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you are healed. Literally, by his wounds, you are mended. So today, what we want to do is we want to help you trade out what it is that has bound you, what it is that has reminded you of all the things that have gone wrong in the past, and we've given you this bracelet. It's just a simple little bracelet. It just pops off and pops on again. Then it might not be big enough for you. Maybe you're not a bracelet person. That's all good, okay? Put it on your keychain. Put it on a, on a rear view mirror somewhere so that you have a reminder that you swapped out your cuffs for freedom. In Deuteronomy, the Bible tells us to, to take the things of God and tie, literally says, tie them on your hands, write them on the door frames of your houses. So that's why we've given you this today. And if you're watching online, give us your address and we'll send it to you, okay? Because the thing is, you could send your, spend your whole life, like I said, in a dark corner of a prison with the doors already open. You could spend your whole life with the handcuffs on, even though they're not locked together. Today, we want you to take the invitation of Jesus. It's never too late to mend. Today can be your day. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy. Now they know. Now they know the ending. They waited for it, and now it's there. And they ran to tell the disciples. Because Jesus came that his joy might be in us and that our joy may be full. How can you have joy if you're afraid? Well, it goes together with hope, right? 
Do you want to know what your Easter picture ought to look like? I'll show you a picture. This is from eight years ago. My wife and I were celebrating our 30th anniversary, and we got the kids together. Most of them were in California, so we went out there. And, and Becca's not even married yet here. And, and we got together to take the picture for our 30th anniversary, or so we thought. And at some point, the photographer said, okay, everybody say October 12th. We're like, could we just say cheese? You're so weird. I, I, you know what? We just didn't get it. And he said it again, October 12th. And we're like, okay, October 12th. And then since we weren't getting it, he said, Ash, the one on the left, put your hands on Rachel's stomach and say October 12th. And that's when we finally got the hint that Rachel was pregnant with our first grandchild. Now, what is so great about this, and you grandparents know what that moment is when you know you're gonna be in that situation. But the fun part is we have it all on camera. So I just want you to watch my reaction to joy, okay? Look at my reaction, just look at me. It's the stupid reaction to joy. That's what it ought to look like. And, and I don't even know anybody else is around. I'm almost out of the picture and finally it's like, oh, I guess I should go hug everybody, right? That's, that's the reaction. What is that? That is the reaction to the joyful promise of new life. That's what Easter ought to do for you. It is higher love. It is grace instead of karma. So the women hurried away afraid. Yeah, we still have to live in this world, but filled with joy because we have hope. Because the kingdom of heaven is here. So as you put on this bracelet, as you wear this bracelet, remember it's never too late. It's never too late to mend. Max Lucado writes, if there are a thousand steps between you and God, God will take 999 of them. But he'll leave the last one for you. God has taken the astonishing steps of appearing in the flesh, performing miracles, fulfilling prophecy, rising from the dead. He has given you the Bible, Christian friends, and an opportunity today to hear his invitation. But the last step is yours. I want to encourage you to make sure you take a step towards God this Easter. I'm going to pray right now, and I'm going to, I'm going to encourage you, even if, if you're online, whatever campus you're at, whatever, to take a step towards God. Maybe you've never done it. Maybe you have, and it's been a while, and you've kind of lost your higher love. All you need to do is just, what did he say? Whoever hears and believes, believe. Tell God you believe. Say yes to Jesus. I'm gonna pray, and if you wanna pray along with me, um, just pray in your heart something spiritual, supernatural that happens as we do this. So join me. First of all, God, I just wanna say thank you for what you have done, that you love the world so much that you gave your one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And the next verse, that, that you did not send your son into the world to judge the world, but that the world could be saved. We know we don't deserve it. We know we deserve karma. And we're thankful for grace. But Jesus, if there are people in listening to me today who, who need a, to, to open up to you, would you just knock really loudly right now on the door of their heart? And people, if you want to pray with me, just, just join me very simply. Jesus, 
I'd rather have grace than karma. I believe, I believe that you came and gave your life for me on that cross. And I accept what you did for me as a gift and I'm opening it today. And I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, give me that higher love. I need it now more than ever. That it's in your name that we all pray. Amen. If there's a card in front of you at all of our campuses and there's a way for you to do this online, I'd love for, to know what's going on in your life. If you need to take the next step, whatever that is, if you just prayed that prayer today, please fill it out, leave it on the way out, and we will get in touch with you. We want to help you on the journey. And there's a lot of you this Easter weekend, but we want it to be personal. We want to help you with it, okay? Um, Maybe your next step is baptism. Did you hear that we baptized 250 people last weekend? Congratulations to those of you who did it. I know some of you are out here born again. It was awesome. I mean, a a way for us to symbolize what has gone on in our hearts. And right now we're going to do communion. And um, you you need to know, it it doesn't matter whether you're from Parkview or not. If you're a believer, even if it's like just now happened, great. Do this with us. There's a little piece of cellophane on the top that you pull off and and the bread is there. And then there's there's a piece of foil and you pull that off for the for the cup and, and the juice, and we'll do this all together. But I was thinking about this as we were in that prison. You know, I was thinking about, I mean, John Wayne Gacy and, and others that had their final meal in that very spot and what it's like to have your final meal. And then I thought about communion. I mean, that's really what this is, right? It's a, it's a final meal for Jesus before he went to the cross. and. I think I probably would have done it differently because Jesus decided to get his friends together and go into this this room and and have a gathering with his friends, including Judas, who he knew was going to go betray him. I don't don't think I'd have that guy at my final meal if I knew he was the cause of it, would you? And not only that, but when he gets there, what does he do? He washes their feet. Do you know that? He washes their feet. He says, look, I'm getting ready to die, but I'm gonna give you one more lesson. Higher love means you love each other and serve each other. And finally, he got to the point where he said, listen, I know there's gonna be a time when it's easy to go back to thinking it's karma instead of grace. So I want you to do this. I want you to take this bread and, and remember it as my body that was given to you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. And the Matthew version says, in the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood poured out for you. What does that mean? This is the cup of grace. Karma was the old covenant. Grace is the new covenant. It is poured out for you whenever you drink this Remember me. All of these reminders, the empty tomb, the cross, the bracelet, the bread, the juice, the engraving of it's never too late to mend, they're all symbols and signposts pointing us 
back to Jesus. Would you point your heart back to him today? Father God, thank you. After 32 years of Easter services in this place, it still is the best story ever. So easy. It's so easy for us to go back to karma. And Lord, we need your grace and your higher love now than more than ever before. Be with us as we go from here. Sure, afraid, but filled with joy. Because you paid the price for us. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with us? Let's sing together of the only love that can satisfy. We believe that that is Jesus. Let's sing this. Oh, I search the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise treasures that fade are never enough and you came along and put me back together and every desire is now satisfied here in your love
is so good to celebrate Easter with all of you. For those of you in the chapel and around the building, so glad that you were here with us too. On your way out, you're going to get a handout. It's got Mike Singletary's face on it, so don't miss out on it. On the back is some really great stuff that's coming up here at the church, so don't miss out on that. And then secondly, don't forget your sticker. We'd love for you to be praying for our, our friends in Malawi. And now as you leave, may the God of peace who brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus equip you all with what you need to do his will. And may he produce in you through the power of Jesus all that is pleasing to him. And may he bless you and may he keep you and may he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he turn his face towards you and grant you peace this day and forevermore. Have a great weekend, everyone. Happy Easter.